Good morning again, everyone. Time is quickly going by, isn't it, for as far as the season? September now. The Burr months start. The R months, right? Burr, right? That's a bad joke. <laughs> our title of our message, He Learned Obedience. Taken right out of the scripture, I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 5. We talked a little bit last week about entering his rest. I believe there's a rhythm, a pace that you and I can have with the Lord, that we don't have to be so, so burnt out and um, overwhelmed. I think God has a rhythm for every individual. It's maybe different from one another. The pace that he's called you to pace, to go forward. And there's a rest that he has that really has to do with shutting everything down, shutting the enemy's voice, and hearing what he has to say. God, is, God, is, God will have the final word. God is the judge. I'm glad he is. I love it how the psalmist described how God laughs in heaven when men trying to figure out stuff, try to rise up and be mighty. And God is just not impressed. What is God? What 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 gets what gets the attention of God? Humility, surrender, sometimes brokenness, crying out, a want, a want, and a desire for Him, and we can rest in that. We don't have to try to. Let me get this straight. You know this. We don't earn our salvation because we say we want to do, we want to do good things. He changed our hearts, so we, we want to do it as unto the Lord. And so, keeping the faith. And Hebrews, he, has, he says, therefore, a lot. A lot of his, a lot of his, changing chapter, but this chapter we don't have a therefore, so we're just going to plunge in verse 1. Chapter 5, for every high priest taken from among men is appointed on behalf of men in things pertaining to God in order to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and misguided since he himself also is beset with weakness. Because of it he is obligated to offer sacrifices for sins as he as for the people so also so what did I just what did I just read what is it what is he saying let's put it in the plain plain plainer language perhaps because the priest has sin also he needs to fix his own problem first before he can offer sacrifices for the people he himself must bring a sacrifice for himself and that was the Old Testament. 
The priestly role was established early on in the book, you know, as they left Egypt and under Moses' direction, and this priestly thing was all organized by God. See, Moses did, did, didn't just get Ten Commandments on 40 days on the mount. He got a lot of other things that have to do with order and priestly uh, uh, ministries and so forth. Amazing. What is the main job of the priests? We read about some of them right there in the first few verses. He, he, brings the, he, he goes between mankind. He goes as the one who approaches the throne of God. He has perhaps what, what is known as an intercessory ministry. He goes on behalf of the people. In other words, I wrote down in my notes, in order to be able to understand, it takes one to know one, so to speak. In other, in other words, who is best fit to minister to those who have struggled, those who have had struggles of their own, right? Those who can relate. And not all of us have the same struggles, but... A lot of us, I think we could relate to one another's struggles. In fact, we probably would relate more to weaknesses and struggles than to victories all the time. We're always, you know, claiming victory. And it is a good thing. But at times we say, you know what, I feel weak today. Will you pray? And admitting that is a good thing. So verse 4 it takes one to no one. And no one takes the honor to himself, but receives it when he is called by God, even as Aaron. So he uses Aaron as the example. Aaron was Moses' brother. What was the problem with Aaron? Well, he was easily swayed. Why did God pick Aaron when Aaron messed it up big time? What did he do wrong? Well, he sort of got caught up with the crowd. And I like these verses because, ah, this is a classic. Exodus 32, 24. Now this, Moses was talking to Aaron. And I said to them, this is Aaron talking, and I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them tear it off, probably in their ears or wherever. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. What? What? Aaron, you had a little more responsibility. Do you mean to tell me you just threw it in the fire, and out came this calf? I think there was some meditation in this. I think there was some preparation that had to happen. I think there was a mold or something that they had to put together to try to make the image of a calf. And so what, what Moses is trying to get out of Aaron is fess up to what you did. Right? Basically. Why would God choose an imperfect man to do some work that requires discipline? 
We see it all over Scripture. You know what? It gives me hope. Right? Because if God would wait until we are perfect to become His ministers, He would be waiting for a long time. In fact, I don't think it would ever happen. And so what God is saying to us, we are learners together, we are striving together, we are in process, we are in, on the road. The ups and downs. Kingdom work is often three steps forward and two steps back. Life is actually that way. Come on. You just thought you were getting ahead. Kabam. We're just that close to paying off. And kabam. We're just that close to being debt free. And kabam. Are you with me? We're in a process. The priest that we know is the, the, the real priest is Jesus. Jesus doesn't have to take any sacrifice for sin. He is the sacrifice. And so I want us to understand a little more from New Testament. So I thought we'd go to 1 Peter. In chapter 1, no, that's not right. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Peter wrote to the church. In fact, he called them like aliens scattered abroad. People from various walks of life. That's in the first chapter. The second chapter, he speaks to young Christians. Therefore, verse 1, chapter 2, putting aside all malice and guile, hypocrisy, envy, all slander, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord and coming to him as to a living stone rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of the Lord. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. He gives this, this, this comparison to living stones. No, no, he says, for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. I'm going to skip down now. Verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. You once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. I once was lost, but now I am saved. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was no good to God because I, I didn't have his spirit working in me. But because your, his spirit came into me when I asked Jesus into my heart, now I have value, I have treasure in this earthen vessel. Come on. Come on, sometimes you feel a little earthen. Sometimes you feel it at your knees. Right? You feel a little earth, you feel this little, this, this, this body is not 100%. But you've got you to gotta keep it going. Some of our friends said, this uh, body, we had to say, 
Motion is lotion. Keep it moving as best you can. And so what we're going to get to today, at the end of the message, toward the end, the last point, we're going to talk about practice. But before we go to practice, we're going to talk about pain, a little bit of pain. Back to the text, verse 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. What? Although he was a son, although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience. Why did Jesus, he's the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords. He knows all things. He set the pace. He sets the example. He comes to the earth to live in a body like you and I, so that he can understand truly what it means to be the priest. Understands your feelings. Understands your pain. He is the one that was rejected as well and ultimately crucified. Prior to his crucifixion, we have an example from verse 7. In the days of his flesh, this is in the text of Hebrews 5. He offered up both prayers, supplications, with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. This seems very similar to the Garden of Gethsemane. What we have over in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 44, it says this, And being in agony, he was praying fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. I love how Scripture shines light on other Scripture, and how it's intertwined, and it's, it becomes as a one. And so we have this, this, this whole picture, Jesus dying to himself prior to the crucifixion. I believe that Jesus gave his life. It wasn't just taken from him. He gave, he laid it down for us. Because we cannot live good enough. We cannot save ourselves. Therefore, he becomes the sacrifice. He knows all about pain. He knows all about rejection. He knows all about feeling that you're all alone when he was in the when the wilderness experienced he prior to his public ministry, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Sometimes I think God allows us to be led into the wilderness, into our lives. At times we feel, where are you? Nothing seems to be happening. Everything seems to be going wrong. What next? We go on and on and on. We've got to remember that the Lord is with us even in the wilderness. There's a part of our Lord whom we cannot really know unless we experience some of the pain. Another example in the book of Philippians. Another insight or a window into the attitude of our Lord Himself. Chapter 2, verse 5. Have this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus 
For although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be great. What in the world? Let me put that into my own words. As if to say, the Lord did not take advantage of his position. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have been rescued. But he chose not. You know, my wife and I enjoy watching Alone. I don't know if you've watched it. But in this show, they drop them off in the wilderness, and they have to survive on basically they get a they can choose to bring a set of bow and arrows and knife and you know a few things to fire starter, and they're out in this remote place sometimes in the north. But they also have a thing called it, it's where they can tap out, and so they they reach their end. Many of them reach their end, and then the music changes, and you can just feel it coming. They're going to tap out, and here they go. Jesus did not tap out. He hung in there, he allowed himself. We read on the text here, Philippians. He emptied himself. Verse 7. He emptied himself. He spent himself. Taking the form of a bond servant, being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Crucifixion was not a pleasant death, one of the worst ever invented by man. Therefore also God highly exalted him because bestowed on him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those who are, are in heaven and are under, uh, on the earth and under the earth. Isn't that a great set of verses? Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Tag off one more from Philippians 3, verse 10, that I might know him. Paul is praying this prayer. He is penning these words down, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. Friends, we can't have resurrection unless there's a death. Right? It's like asking people, how many want to go to heaven? Yeah, right? We all want to go to heaven, but I want to die yet. Right? It's okay. That's okay. But there's a resurrection day coming. There is a reward coming for those who stay faithful. Those who do not quit. Those who keep on believing. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking. But Paul describes this resurrection power and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed. He was willing to go wherever God called him, even though it cost him suffering. We sang a little bit of it in the first song. Oh, there's pain in the offering. Pain is not fun. I don't like pain. Sometimes pain for a reason. Let your body know you got to do something about a piece of chip in your eyeball here. Like that. 
You've got to stop and fix this. Are you going to wreck yourself? Pain. Now, our last point, we're going to get Nathan up here. I asked him, it was, kind of, it was just kind of a, a thought I had. And what we're going to do is try to illustrate the importance of practice. And how many know you have to practice if you're going to get good at anything? Uh, Joe, you, you, shoot, you shoot archery. You've got to practice. Anything that you do, if you're going to stay sharp at it, you've got to play an instrument or you're going to, you're going to do whatever to practice. And so if we don't practice, what might it sound like? We're going to do a part of dueling banjos here. Are you going to... Oh, what in the world? What are we? We're out of we're out of shape. We better practice. And so, if we practice, we should sound better. Let's try that again. Now we practice. We gotta do more practice. Do you get the point? Now, where do you get that in the Bible? Well, Hebrews chapter 5, we switch to our last point, which practice is necessary. He wrote to the readers in the book of Hebrews. At verse 11, he starts out by saying, concerning him we have much to say. Concerning who? Melchizedek. We'll deal with that name a few, a few verses later. Melchizedek who? I was going to actually have that as a title maybe. Melchizedek with a question mark? Who's that? Since you have become dull of hearing. Well, what he, he's, let's read on. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. He's talking to a crowd. By the time, he's, what he's saying to them, you guys need to grow up in the Lord. He's not talking to you. This is, this is his people. Okay. His readers. He's been warning about coasting. He's been warning about not just becoming nonchalant or comfortable in your faith. 
You become dull, he says, you become dull of hearing. For by this time you ought to be teachers. You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Milk is not a bad thing, but it's for young It's the basics. It's for starters. We don't want to just stay on the milk. We want to to get to the things that God has even deeper. What is he saying? Solid food, verse 14, is for the mature. Who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. It's those who have been through the fire. It's those who have stayed on the path when they've been tested. It's those who have learned to hear the voice of God even in the midst of chaos. Who have learned to practice their time with the Lord. To take consistent time to read the Word of God. Because if we don't, we know we're going to dry up. And become self-orientated, self-interested. We all knew and probably grew up, read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, right? You don't shrink, shrink, shrink. Remember when you're saying that? Valuable truth. Practice is important. Practice has to do with discipline. Doing it when you don't feel like it. Right? A professor in our college where we went back in the Stone Age years said, oak trees don't grow overnight. He was a farmer background. And cream always rises to the top. That was common. He would say that quite often. He was teaching through the Old Testament. And he'd go verse by verse and explain these scriptures. Very deep. Very meaty. Why should you read the Old Testament? Well, I believe it's part of God's Word. And it gives us the background and the back, the foundation for the New Testament. And the Old Testament is intertwined with the New Testament because the New Testament uses Old Testament Scripture. And so those who are, even our writer of Hebrews said it like this, in somewhere, I think that was in the previous chapter, he said, somewhere it says. And you know what that did for me? I don't always remember where the verse is, but I know it's in there somewhere. Huh? Even the writer of the book of Hebrews said, somewhere it is written. He just didn't take the time to look it up. But he knows it's there. Practice. Had their senses trained. What do you mean their senses? We have senses. We have, we have a spirit, but God the Holy Spirit wants to link with your spirit. Romans says that His spirit bears witness with your spirit. And so we learn, are we hearing something of our own? We have, this takes practice. Is that me or is that you, God? Remember? Gideon, who laid out the fleece thing, you know, let's make the dew come on, we're, you know, and then let's take, do the opposite. But uh, you'll all, you'll, 
Learn to read, even when it's hard to read. Read, and then maybe read some new. If you have a hard time understanding the old, read some of it, and then read the new. Every once in a while, I'll underline something in the Old Testament. This will preach. I'll think, this is good. This is a nugget. And so the other Sunday, it was last Sunday, I was trying to remember this very verse. I was talking to Nathan about there were people in the Bible who could sling, like David, a sling and not miss. And I found a, a little verse in Judges 20, verse 16. And it reads like this. Out of all these people, I think there was like 26,000 out of that tribe. They were speaking about 700 choice men were left-handed. Each one could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. Unbelievable. They were warriors. They were good people to have on your team. How did they get there? They practiced. You know what's really fun is to see people grow in the things of the Lord. We had a friend who was in mops. She became the leader. But when she prayed, she and I have nothing against by writing out your prayers. If you write out your prayers and you're going to pray in public, that's totally good. I'm good with that. But she used to write out her prayers. But then after a while, she didn't write out. She just prayed. Just prayed. She, she got used to it. She got more skilled at it. And so God, we're, we're not about impressing people. We're just simply, we're just, we want to be able to talk to the Lord. Just pour out your heart. Practice. Goes all the way through our life. You find it throughout the scriptures, they had their routines. Another one out of Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Peter and John were going to the temple at the ninth hour. What was the ninth hour? That was the hour of prayer. That was daily. Interesting. They were disciplined. Yeah, anybody here ever run a marathon? Yeah. You don't start out on 50 miles, do you? Yeah, that's not good. You start with a shorter distance and work yourself up. Anybody ever lifted weights? You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you guys know. You didn't start out with a massive break your back. You start with the smaller weights and pump that until you build something up. Then you got a little more strength. This is practice. And so spiritually, we are, we are only going to grow as much as we practice. Put it in. Put it in. Put it in our time. And God blesses you for that. We keep choosing him. We keep saying, I will be kind. I will not give way to the end. I will be forgiving. I will not let my spirit become bitter. A practice. And sometimes we mess it up. Sometimes we realize, oh, i got to go back and make it right with God. Start again. Sometimes we fall down. Three steps forward, two steps back. Don't stop doing it God's way. When the flesh is weak, the problem was with the disciples. When they were with Jesus, some of them were with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, got sleepy. The old sea monster got them in the course. Jesus knew and understood, realized 
The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And so with that in mind, a practice in the morning, whatever your routine is, on your way to work, maybe you practice talking to the Lord. Whatever works for you, you practice keeping in tune, thinking on the things that are of truth along the way. I conclude with a little verse or two from Psalm 103. Because what we're going to do is think a little bit about how blessed we are to have the Lord in our lives. Did you know that you are blessed when you have Jesus in your heart? You know that you're blessed beyond the norm. You're blessed beyond people that are hurting. In Psalm 103, we read these wonderful words of truth. Verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, for getting out of his benefits. He pardons all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. That's a huge one. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Satisfies your years with good things. Satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. Isn't it interesting? How the Lord sees the whole picture, yet he chooses you anyway. And so I thought, how do we conclude our service today? Uh, I don't know, sometimes I get these old songs pop in my head. Is there anyone out here that remembers the old hymn called Trust and Obey? Oh, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. I want to try to sing verse 1, 2, and 5, because that's five verses a long time. And by this time, you're, you're probably getting a little weary. We'll, we'll sing this. Because it'll fit in with our theme today, trust, learn, obedience. He learned to trust his Father. Jesus learned to keep going forward to finish the course. That's what Hebrews is going to get us to in the end of the book, is to keep going so that we finish the course. If you fall and slip, this whole run of life here is not who gets to, who gets to the first to be in the finish line. It's just about finishing. It's just get through it. Just get through it.